Hey, my friends, welcome to another episode of Real Live Talk. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. Really appreciate you stopping by and taking the time to listen to this conversation that I had with Monique DeLeon. This was, I believe, Monique's third appearance on the show. And we just had sort of a laid back conversation, pretty lighthearted overall. And we just had some fun talking about some of the more interesting or bizarre passages of scripture. Some of those passages of scripture that you're like, you know what, if God was a man, there's no way that this would have ended up in the Bible. (laughs) But some of the things that the Holy Spirit inspired his people to write and to put in scripture just amazes me and blows my mind. And I think it just points to just the overall goodness of God and how we just have to maintain that childlikeness, that awe and wonder of who God is. The truth is always better than the things that we sometimes make up or the things that we have falsely come to believe. We talk a lot in this episode just sort of uh, about some of the common myths or misconceptions, some things that we have in our minds that are not necessarily biblical, but that have just been there forever because of teaching or things that we just grew up with or whatever the case may be. Anyway, it was a fun conversation. I believe you'll get a lot out of it. If you do, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, I'd really, really appreciate it. The original release date of this episode is December 24th, 2021. So I do just want to say Merry Christmas and God bless you as you listen. And we're rolling. Monique, welcome back to uh, the program. to have you with me. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, obviously, I uh, I enjoy our conversations because I keep inviting you to come back. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. I'm enjoying it too. Yeah, it's always it's always cool. It's always a good time. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, we had to reschedule from last week. Are you um, are you fully recovered? Got your yeah. Well, I haven't. <laughs> I do, but I still can't sing. I was supposed to because um, for ten years I Christmas Carol to fire stations. And oh, yeah? just like me, acapella, and I would go in and sing to the guys and stuff. So I was supposed to do okay. that this year, but I still am not fully back to be able to sing yet. So oh, I'm kind of bummed about that. Yeah. Are you going to have to wait until next year. It was funny because I was actually in the grocery store, and one of the firefighters, um, he remembered me, and he recognized me. And so I was like, yeah, That's I'll cool. be I'll be coming to your station. I'll be singing for you guys on Christmas. but. I don't know. So, yeah, unfortunately. He broke his heart. I think I'm so. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. So I had a couple of favorite fire stations I used to go to. And every time I went, one of them in particular, I called it the family station. Because every time I went, uh-huh. all their families were there. And their wives would buy me gifts and bring me gifts every year. They're like, we knew you were coming. And so, yeah, it was really nice, actually. So. I stopped for a, a, quite a few years, and so I was going to try to pick it back up again this year. But I can't sing yet, so but I can talk. So that's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's sad. That's a sad story. So you got to wait a whole other year. Well, yeah, it'll it'll just it'll build the suspense and anticipation for next year. There's going to be like 18 fire stations invited for next year's extravaganza with Monique. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So, are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for this for this thing? That's I am. To I finished. Uh, yeah, looking forward to. Well, my family's celebrating early this year. We normally celebrate Christmas Day, but we're celebrating tomorrow, Christmas Eve instead. So, um, all of the shopping is done. I'm doing all my baking today. Um, yeah, trying to get things ready, but like finished up. We play games, and I got prizes and giveaways and stuff. And so. That's a really good time. It's a really fun time having with my family for Christmas. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I was I was yeah. telling my 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 wife we we did it. My wife and I did an episode uh, together last week, and I was talking about how like for the first time in a number of years, I actually feel like ready for Christmas. Like it was weird because uh, normally I normally find that it sneaks up on me because I'm not paying attention. Yeah, kind of sneaks up, and I kind of don't really enjoy the season as much like i always enjoy Mm -hmm. christmas itself with my kids and you know being with my family but i feel like the season i don't know i just feel like i was able to get a little bit more into like the christmas season the christmas spirit a little bit more and kind of just be a little bit more aware and present this year like i hadn't been in um in a while just because again busyness and different things that that happen Mm -hmm. during the season it, it always tends to sneak up on me but uh yeah i was a little bit more like 
relaxed and eased into it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, no, so I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 yeah it's cool. Well, Monique, thank you again for coming back. Uh, just real quick for anybody that uh, maybe didn't catch either of the last couple of episodes that you were on with me, would you just share a little bit about you, about who you are and what you do? Okay. So my name is Monique DeLeon and I hail from sunny Southern <laughs> California, although it's raining right now. Um, but yeah, so I am a yeah, worship leader. I was just leader. telling you a second ago, everyone, everyone must, everyone's like freaking out right now, right? Because and <laughs> if you're from Southern California or if you've been to Southern California during rain, it's like no one knows how to drive. We freak out. There's so many accidents or people just stay home. We do not know how to handle it. It literally rains probably three or four weeks out of the whole entire year here in SoCal where I am. Mm. So we don't hardly, we don't get a whole lot of rain. So when it rains, it's like, oh. <gasps> Water's falling from the sky. Like everyone doesn't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. <laughs> a total freak oh, yeah. out. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, but I'm born and raised here in SoCal. I very much enjoy it, but I do travel a lot. So I travel throughout the U.S. as well as internationally, ministering through praise and worship, and speaking. And I wrote a book. I'm an author as well, working on my second one. And my main thing is really trying to help people grow in their relationship with God and to teach people the Bible and wanting to see people mature in Christ. And I have a real emphasis on teaching about purity because I think it's mm -hmm. something that the church has stopped doing and talking about sex and talking about purity and sexuality in church, which is something that is so needed, especially in the culture that we live in today. So that's kind of an emphasis that I have on is bringing encouragement to people who are walking a journey of abstinence and purity and letting people know that even if they've already gone down that road god can fully restore them and they can start where they are and choose to honor him with their bodies so that's mm. kind of my emphasis on what i teach and what i do that's awesome and uh i can't remember if we've ever talked about this before or not but i know that um you're also one of the things that we did talk about i think in the first episode that you were on i would encourage anybody i can't remember what number episode that was but i encourage you guys if uh you haven't checked it out yet to check out um the past couple of episodes that i did with with monique because we had some really awesome conversations just sort of mm -hmm. centered around that discussion right the purity discussion um and uh you know specifically sexual purity and really, really good conversations. But um, one of the things that we I remember we talked about, I think, in the first episode was how um, God started to work through you for supernatural healing and things of that nature, yeah. um, even at a, at a young age. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm just curious, like the the molding together of these two things, what do you think is sort of the connection between the the power of God and walking in purity, because I, I think that we can. OK, so our relationship with God and his ability to work in us and through us, it's essentially not contingent upon my works, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. it's by his grace. It's because he's so good and because he's so mm -hmm. good and because he's so gracious and loving, he's able to work through us even when we've blown it, even when we've messed up, you know, even when we've done different, you know, we've, we've made wrong choices and wrong decisions and we've sinned and different things. God is still because he's so good and because it's about what Jesus has done for us, that he's still able to move through us and be glorified and all of that. But that doesn't in any way and it shouldn't in any way cause us to think that walking in purity and integrity and righteousness before the Lord is by any means unimportant <laughs> or unessential. Yeah. And I think yeah. for sustaining a supernatural lifestyle where the power of God works and flows through you um, and you've you know got that close proximity and connection with the Holy Spirit that living a life of purity not just not you know not just sexual purity but purity in general and when, I, when i'm mm -hmm. using that 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 phraseology what i mean is you know walking in integrity before the lord um mm -hmm. and so just curious like what your thoughts might be on those two things the the coming together and the importance of the power of god but coupled with a lifestyle of purity mm -hmm. in your life yeah, I do think it's something that is uh, makes it so much more um, unhindered. So in the sense, because even like Paul writing to Timothy, it's talking about, you know, 
be an example to these people in purity. That's one of the things that he lists. And and even, you know, we're supposed to walk in purity, in love. Like we see that in the epistles. And so I definitely feel that it's something that makes it more easier for the Lord to flow through you, if that makes sense, in the sense that, because like you said, God God can do it through anybody, no matter sure. what, because he does want just you to be willing. Okay, He's looking for willing people that are available to be used by him. That's mm-hmm. really what he's looking for. But I think the purity, because like you said, it's it's sure in the physical sense, but also in your thought life, you know, because I think so much time uh, our thought life is hindering as well. The things we think about, things we dwell on, that the Bible tells us, you know, in, in Philippians chapter four, like the things that we're supposed to think on, whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, you know, like there it is yeah. again. And mm-hmm. so I think there's definitely a connection between the two because it's so much more, you know, you when you posture and position your heart towards God, in a place where you want to be pure before him yeah. and you want to live a life that is integrous, I think it's all the more easier. Just everything flows out of you. You're the Holy Spirit yeah. just working through you all the more so. So I think it's the, that is the connection. I think for me, it was such a childlike faith that I had ever since I was a little girl because I've had these amazing encounters with God since I was little. So the posture of my heart has always been turned towards him. And so, yeah. Because of that, you know, things, I didn't have other things hindering. And so he just was so easily ready and available just to flow through me as I was available to be used by him. But I definitely see the connection because Bible does tell, you know, that's one of the things that is listed about being pure and even your thoughts, you know, being pure. So I do think there's a connection there. Yeah, I think what you said there, uh, one of the things that you said there about the, 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 the willingness or the wanting the desire mm-hmm. to to live that way to walk to walk in purity i think that that right there is so key because again any of us can mess up and we all do mm-hmm. uh, whether it's with physical actions hurting somebody else in some way or if it's like in the thought life or you know whatever whatever it is but we all we all mess up you know none of us are perfect mm-hmm. and when we make it about that like when we try to put the pressure on ourselves to always perform and to always do the right thing or you know god can't move or god can't be present or god's mad at me or god leaves me or whatever when it when it comes down to that then our focus is completely in the wrong place um and god doesn't look at it that way uh so it's not this like pressure to try to be perfect so that god can move through me but i do think that that willingness and that desire to be obedient to what the scripture tells us and to walk in purity before the Lord. Um, I think that there's so much just safety in that. And it sets us, um, it just sets us up for quote unquote, like success in terms of our relationship with God and positioning ourselves in that way. Again, like for him to be able to um, speak to us for him to be able to lead us and to move through us because again like he does it like it's his grace it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not us making miracles happen or make you know what i mean it's, it's not yeah. us doing those mm-hmm. things it's him doing it but he works through people that are willing and that are submitted to him and so yeah, yeah i yeah i like what you said there That's yeah cool. i Thanks. yeah so uh but i wanted to ask you all right so i've been I've been um, catching up on some of your podcast episodes. Um, Ah, yay! Anybody who doesn't know, uh, Bite Size Insight with Monique, it's available on Spotify. It's available on the Anchor app. It's available. Where else is it Mm -hmm. available? Probably everywhere, right? Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, uh, the Google one. um, And there's another one. one. Radio Radio Cast. I forgot the Google one's called. Radio cast, I think, is the other one. Yeah. So it's available like on six or seven different platforms. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. And I and I I enjoy um I enjoy your podcast episodes because they're super brief and Mm -hmm. you just kind of go after typically you'll go after a particular subject, whether it's just you Mm -hmm. you sharing a nugget of truth. I really enjoyed the um the Mythbuster series. I might have a couple questions for you about about what okay. you did with the, with the, <laughs> with the Mythbusters. We can get into uh-huh. some of that. But uh, how, how would you just describe, for anyone who's not familiar with your podcast, how would you just describe that to someone in a few words? Okay, 
So if you are just looking for something that is quick, so all my podcasts are 10 minutes or less. I think I have one that's 13 minutes long, but everything else is 10 minutes or less. So it's quick. And so the whole premise behind it was because my book is short. And so I'm keeping my podcast short. So I'm trying to, mm-hmm. I have a theme here. So that way people can digest things uh, in small amounts. So that's the whole point behind it is I, I like to take, like Duke said, a, a topic, a verse in the Bible, and kind of break it down into bite sizes. So that way you can easily hear and receive and get to the meat of what that scripture is saying or the meaning of it type of a thing. And it's just really small. It's just that one thing. Some episodes are only like four or five minutes. But just to get people an understanding, and I'm finding it, I get a really great response that people are like, wow, I never thought about it like that. Or mm-hmm. I never knew what that scripture really meant. Or, um, so yeah, so just to kind of help people gain an understanding on some familiar things in the Bible or things that they've never even thought about or never even heard about in the Bible. So just trying to help people grow in little baby steps, I guess you could say. And um, so yeah, so that's why it's called Bite Size Insight. So giving you insight into scripture in bite sizes is what I do. Yeah, I really like that focus of taking things that people might not generally think about. And like what you did with the Mythbusters was sort of taking these concepts or these ideas, these generalizations that we make, or these just common phrases that we tend to throw out, even as preachers, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. like these common things that, that we tend to say, these sort of cliche Christian phrases that are really not, you know, some of these things that we've come to say and we've just gotten accustomed with, they're not actually true. And so kind of just taking that and like, okay, let's rewind that back. Let's see where that came from. And let's actually look at what the truth is. Because yeah. the truth is always so much better than the thing that we've invented, you know? <laughs> and so yeah, I really so like, good. yeah, and, I, and I, I like the, I like the idea of like anytime that you take something and even if it's just some really simple or brief sort of nugget of truth that just could allow someone to maybe have a different perspective or to think about something differently or to think about something for the first time. Because I think that we, for those of, for those of us that have been maybe walking with the Lord for a number of years or been going to church for a number of years or whatever, we can, if we're not careful, we can develop this sort of over familiarity with God. I love those things that like in a practical sense, sort of interrupt the familiarity and that bring you back to that place of wow, that place of awe, mm-hmm. that place of wonder, you know, sort of maintaining mm-hmm. that wonder and that childlikeness before yeah. the Lord is so important. Like, it's so yeah. important to learn about God and to, quote unquote, like, you know, we get to know him, right? So that means we get more mm-hmm. knowledge. But there's always got to be this tension, I feel like, of the things that we don't understand and maintaining that wonder. And so anytime you can sort of have one of those like illumination moments or where like new revelation comes and you're just like, Oh, like I never thought about that. There's just something about that, that I feel like that childlike nature of who we are that we often forget about has a chance to come alive. Um, you know, even through simple things like this. So yeah. So I, I love, uh, I love that aspect of, of what you do. Thank you. Let me tell you one thing that I was, uh, that I really enjoyed. I went back and I listened to, I think I, I think I caught all of them, at least most of them where um, you went back and this was a while ago, but you, you went through the, the women in the lineage of Jesus. Ah, yes. I'm creating an ebook from that too. So are you really? Yeah. In uh 2022 maybe. Yeah. Or... Yeah. So it'll be, I'm trying to have it done by Christmas, but that was, yeah. But I just think it's it's just a great, great resource anyway. So so I'm going to turn that into an ebook. Yeah, I got a lot. The most, you know, it's so funny. The most listens of all my podcast episodes was on Rahab. (laughs) That was the most, most listened to episode of all my episodes was Rahab. And so, like, what's um, she gonna say about this harlot <laughs> lady? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of people responded very well. They really did like uh, like that one, women the lineage of Jesus. 
I liked it. I, 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 I enjoyed it too. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's interesting the way, I mean, when you look back at the, the women that appear and it's just so cool how God did that, how God, mm -hmm. um, because that wouldn't, that wasn't a, a typical thing, right? It mm -hmm. would have been to no. focus on the men, um, you know, mm -hmm. the men throughout, throughout the different generations and highlighting the men. But the fact yeah. that um, there were a handful, was it five or so? Um, five. Women, yeah, throughout, um, throughout the generations that were included and mentioned by name in the lineage of Jesus. It's, it's just super cool that God, that God did that, that the Holy Spirit wanted that, you know, with reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, also I, I wanted to, because I think a lot of times we forget, and I my own self forget, like, I think we forget that the people in the Bible were human, just like us. I think that yeah, we forget right? that they, they had emotions and they had feelings and they would respond just like you would respond or, you know what I mean? Like they got angry too, or or they, you know, didn't want to get in trouble or they, you know what I mean? Like, I think we forget sure. that the people in the Bible were actually like us. And so I kind of, so with that, that series, I really kind of wanted to humanize the women in the sense of like, oh my gosh, this is like the cultural, the time period, what she probably may have been thinking, what she was going through. Like, and so I just really wanted to um, bring it to just, such a, a natural way for these women to be highlighted and what yeah. they may have been going through or thinking. Um, Cause I got the same thing with, with Bathsheba and I got some comments, not necessarily negative, but disagreed. And so I was, went back and forth on, you know, with some, some people on it. Cause I'm like, no, you have to, like, you really have to see it as, as her in that time period, in that yeah. moment. And as, as a woman, what was she really feeling or thinking? And so, um, so yes, yeah, so I really wanted just to, kind of like put skin on them, so to speak, to in front of cool. in front of your face to really think about it like that. That's cool. Yeah. I, I would encourage everyone to go back and check those check those episodes out. Um all of the all of your past episodes, but specifically <laughs> I really enjoyed those. I think the one that probably spoke to me or impacted me the most was probably the one with Bathsheba uh yeah, the one with Bathsheba that you were just mentioning. Right um because I've, you know, I mean I've as a preacher like or I've taught on that story before and I've thought about it to an extent, but you went a little bit deeper than where I had, you know, where any, than where I had gone in my mind um, in the past on the fact that the fact that like, she really did not have a choice. The fact that, you know, she's this woman and she's there on the roof. So like, I always said that, like, she, you know, she didn't have a choice. She didn't, she didn't have the, the choice to do that because, you know, David was the king and then the king summons you, you go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. So basically you, you mentioned in the episode, she had a few choices that she could have made. She could have uh, either submitted, you know, mm -hmm. to um, this sexual encounter with the king. She could mm -hmm. have struggled and it could have been a rape. Um mm -hmm. Or she could have, uh, you know, really struggled and probably been killed for her disobedience. You know what I mean? Like, yep. <laughs> like there were a few yeah. different places that she could have made there. But ultimately, yeah. it's not her fault. And I think that, you know, when we hear the name Bathsheba, I, I feel like there's this sort of like unnecessary st uh, stigma attached mm -hmm. to her life where we think that, oh, she must have she must have been a slut or she must have been, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's yeah. this there's this thing attached yeah. to her that it it's like the the story is really clear like she wasn't trying to entice the king like she was no. doing her thing minding her business and uh sounds like she was married to a really beautiful man like a really amazing yeah. person who was yeah um you know like he was making the right decisions he was serving his mm -hmm. country and his king faithfully like his you know he you, you mentioned that he was listed as one of the mighty men like He's yeah. a, a good man, a good guy. And uh, so I don't think I've that's the aspect of the story that I had never thought about. Like, oh, like this woman, she's forced into this sexual relation, you know, into the sexual encounter with the king. And then she gets pregnant. And like the king has her husband killed. And I never mm -hmm. thought about. I never thought about her beyond that point until I listened to until your excuse me until I listened to your podcast of like how broken was this woman like after yeah. her husband was 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 forced into a situation where he was killed. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah, like and that's why it's like, crazy. oh my gosh, yeah, because I'm like, the woman's like an innocent bystander, really, and, you know, and and she had no choice, and then yet, you know, all this happened, so it's, you know, it's like, how would you respond? Like, how do you think you would feel in that situation? Like, and then yet, like you said, there is kind of a stigma attached to her in a negative way, where it's like, that's why I really wanted to, so I'm glad that you like that one, and that's okay, because I really wanted to highlight, like, no, like she was like an innocent bystander in this whole situation, and then how hurt, you know, her had her husband killed, and so it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. living in the Bible days was tough. Like I, I'm like everybody alive right it's now would not have been able to handle living no. in the Bible days. No, no, way. no, people would people would go crazy and they kill themselves. Like I'm serious. Like people now in this culture would never have been able to handle living in Bible days. Like. It was no joke. It was tough. So I'm like, these people in the Bible were not weak. They mm -hmm. had to endure so much stuff that none of us have any idea, not even an ounce of emotion or feeling or hurt or trauma that they experienced. So it's like, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Living back then. That's yeah. why none of us are born back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're so soft. We're so soft. We, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to handle that. We wouldn't be able to handle that. It's mm -mm. yeah, like nobody, unless you were literally like a king or someone who is extremely wealthy. Like nobody yeah. was fat back yeah. then. Like everybody was, everybody was in good shape and like because you had to walk everywhere and do all kinds of work and like manual labor, food to eat. <laughs> yeah, the women too. Um, like yeah. Mm hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Just having babies natural all the time. Oh, right. <laughs> right. No, it's crazy. Like even even up even up through man, even up through like not even that long ago, like a hundred years ago, like how many women used to just die in childbirth? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, Thousands of women died in childbirth. Crazy. It's yeah. so crazy. It um, is when you think about it. Man. But yeah, no, I it's uh it's it's really it's really impactful when you get beyond like the Sunday school version of the stories that we hear mm -hmm. and you kind of get yeah. into the culture and the mm -hmm. and like the inner workings of the relationships and like oh like how would that have felt? You know, what was what were the mm -hmm. emotions surrounding this? What was what was the cultural significance surrounding this? And um you know one one of the ones obviously is Mary, is the the final mm -hmm. woman in the lineage of Jesus cuz she gave birth to him. Uh, she's one of my, my favorite. She's one of my favorites in the Bible. I love, I love Mary. I love her story. Um, maybe because I, I think there's an aspect where we don't give Mary much credit in the in the Christian church. We don't give her a lot of credit because mm -hmm. of the way that she's been deified in uh, in the Catholic Church. I feel Catholic. like there's been yeah. this thing where we kind of like stay away. Stay away. <laughs> true uh-huh let's not elevate mary too much let's uh -huh. but no like this woman's amazing this young I've like teenage it. girl she's incredible. you know it just it speaks volumes because you know when when the angel said you know <clears throat> blessed and highly favored one like like you've been chosen so the fact that you know it's like god has you know you don't choose something unless you have choices you know what i mean and so out of all the women it's like there could have been other candidates for Jesus's mom, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. this one was chosen. And so it just yeah. speaks of like, wow, what kind of character did this teenage girl have that God saw that, do you know what I mean? Like, it just really is yeah. like, she's amazing, you know? So yeah, of all the women in the world, God chose her to carry his son. Like, that's yeah. just like awe. You know, you just kind of stand in awe of who she was. So, yeah, I wanted to highlight Mary for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I love the fact, too, that um, in this instance, with what you're talking about with um, these women that show up in the lineage of Jesus and they're given that honor in Scripture of being included in his uh, that that royal line of of uh, the Christ child coming into the world. Um, but, you know, we can say this about many of the men as well. It's like. God's not, God doesn't shy away from people that 
had like a stigma attached to them. You know, God didn't mm-hmm. shy away from mentioning like Rahab. <laughs> and and you know Tamar. It's like the most bizarre story in the Bible, one of them. And I'm like, yeah, God did not shy away from bizarre story. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> tell, the, tell, the, tell the Tamar story. Give the, oh, the man. version of the Tamar so story. So if you <laughs> haven't read the story of Tamar, I encourage you to do so. It's Genesis chapter 38. Mm-hmm. And it's just... um. One of the sons of Jacob, which I think was Judah, Judah left basically yeah, his father's Judah. house and he went and he married somebody else from another land and he had three sons and the oldest son was Ur, E-R, is his name, and he married Tamar and um, he died and then... I just say, um, that's got to be like the least creative name in scripture, right? <laughs> Ur. It's like, I'm just going to call you Ur. It's just a noise. It's not even a name. It's just a sound that it I made. It is a noise. It's like the sound that I made when you were born. I was just like, er. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> very true. So, he dies. So, Tamar's left a widow. Okay. So, culturally yeah. back then, when a man died, his brother would then marry the widow. So, that way, have a child and the lineage of the brother would live on, so to speak. Okay. So, everything would carry mm-hmm. on. The inheritance would go to this child and everything. Well, this man did not want to do that. So he took her as wife, married her, and literally in the middle of sex, this man pulls out and ejaculates on the floor instead. And that's like, that was so considered. I don't think people really, which I tried to to Mm -hmm. really show. It was like a vile act, what he did, Mm -hmm. because it's like he wasted his seed is basically how it was seen. And um, he later ends up dying, and um, <laughs> like God, the man, God, God took God the man out. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with the first husband. Do you know the verse? I think it's verse eleven, chapter thirty-eight. It literally says that her first husband was wicked, and God killed him. Like it literally mm-hmm. says. So we don't know what this man did or what he was like, but he was wicked. So. So then Judah had a third son, which was too young, right? So he told Tamar, go back to your father's house. When my son is older, I will come get you. You can marry him type of a thing. Well, years went by and Judah now becomes uh, a widower. And he goes to, I forget what like region to do sheep herding and stuff, or sheep shearing, shearing all his sheep. So Tamar finds yeah. out, people tell her that like basically uh, the youngest son is old enough now, but he still hasn't given him to you. So he's which was kind of like a slap in her face is what it was. Right. So <laughs> He's she like, finds on. out. <laughs> Hold on. Every time one of my sons marries you, they marry. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. That's probably really what he was thinking. Like, I don't want to give my last you're not, child. You're not, get, you're not getting my youngest. You're not, you're not getting this one. So she finds out where he is, right? And she goes and she disguises herself as a prostitute. And she stands in the place the Bible says, where, like, men pass by. So it's a known place where hookers were, okay? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he um, picks her up, sleeps with her, and basically gave her a few items. Um, and it was kind of like the, um, not down payment, I guess you could say, but it was basically um, to show, like, yeah, this, this is what we're doing. And he's giving a cord. Oh, I forgot. He gave her, like, three different items. Yeah. And so left them with her okay left three months later they find out tamar is pregnant and judah has a fit and he's all upset and back in that day you know they stoned women who were like got pregnant that were not married so she's like okay well here are the items of the man whose it is whose child this is and she lifts up all the items and he was like you know she's righteous in this because i i was wrong because i did not give Mm. her my son and she was pregnant with twins and so it just is like it's such a, and the most interesting thing about it, though, is up until this point, up until Genesis chapter 37, this is the story of Joseph. We're hearing all about Joseph, all about Joseph. And then in the middle of Joseph's story, we have this story of Judah and Tamar. And then wow. chapter 39 picks back up to Joseph, like nothing happened. So it's just very interesting that this is right in between literally Joseph's life story. So it's an interesting yeah. placement that it's, it's put in. But it's just such a bizarre story. I mean, it's like, 
you know, your father-in-law lied, so you go and trick him and have sex with him, and you got pregnant with his kids instead. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those. It's, such it's Jerry Springer. Story. Yeah, it's it's one of those. This is uh... exactly what it is. You, for Maury, Maury Povich, you are the father. <laughs> like, it's just, um, <laughs> it's just so, and it's a bizarre story, but God put it there, and she's the first woman in the lineage of Jesus. And so, yeah. Some things are just so intriguing. And that's why I love that you say that, because it's true. God does not shy away from the bad stuff. God did not hide the sin that people committed. And then he still, there was still redemption for them, though. And, um, yeah, so it's, that's why I think people forget, again, Scripture, how relatable Scripture is, because mm. we yeah. don't put, we don't put, like, human flesh on it in the sense of, like, being able to really take it to yourself and realize these were people, these were the things they did. And, you know, it's just, yeah. So it's just really, it's good when you can really read the Bible and hear it where it's like, oh my gosh, that was so real or that was so weird or that was like, I could totally relate to that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah God doesn't shy away from any of it. Yeah, absolutely. As, as far as like, as far as bizarre stories go in the Bible, that's that's one of that's got to be up there. On that's the one of them. The list. Like that's just, a, that's a pretty. <laughs> yeah, just like the other one. Oh, oh my gosh, who was it? Where the sisters slept with their dad? Um, yeah, uh, it was like Lot's. Um, Is it Lot's daughters? Lot's, uh, daughters-in-law was it, or his daughter? Yeah, I can't even remember. Look, um, it's just incest. Like it's all there in the Bible. Yeah, it's just, just yeah. It's just craziness. So. But it, it's it's interesting because obviously, like, she wasn't, I don't know, like, her sort of taking matters into her own hands and, mm-hmm. like, disguising herself as a prostitute so that she could sleep with her father-in-law and become pregnant. Like, clearly, I don't know, like, that couldn't have really been, a like, a Holy Spirit-inspired idea <laughs> right there. <laughs> no, but, no. <laughs> but... <laughs> but it's interesting that judah looks at her and he says like like you're you're innocent like i'm the one that was that was wrong for holding this back from you that that there was something about that like that i I guess in that place took precedence over the simple act that she committed to get there it was Mm -hmm. like you know he recognized that um he had i i guess essentially you know he hadn't fulfilled his his duty or his responsibility yeah. or he had no, set he it up for failure, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting how God is like, you know, if we were trying to, if the Bible, if the Bible wasn't real and it was just invented, right. There's no way that story's in there. Like <laughs> if there's no way that makes the cut. Like we're not doing that. We're whitewashing it. We're cleaning it up. Uh, we're making sure uh-huh. that everybody in the line of Jesus is like priestly and there's not all these things like like we can we we're talking about Bathsheba. But we also look we look at David and how disgusting his sin was in that story. Yeah, to do like, that. Yeah, that he that he took this man's wife, who is someone that you, you point out in the episode that someone that he knew that was mm-hmm. probably a friend of his. Um, yeah. You know, someone that he definitely had relationship with as one of his uh, commanding officers and stuff like that. He was like off to war because he wants to, you know, he's defending, he's fighting for his nation. And while he's gone, the king comes and just like takes the man's wife because he can, because he's the king. And then like has the man killed so he doesn't find out about it. It's like, it's just, it's uh, it's disgusting. It's horrible what happened there and yet god calls david a man after my own heart mm-hmm. it's like yeah. uh <laughs> you know yeah and that's also why like the book of jonah jonah do you know jonah is the author of his own book and if you had four chapters to write about your life is that what you would have written do you know what i mean like just um the yeah, story of right? jonah in and of itself right? like that was that was his memoir and yeah. nothing that he accomplished like it just it was mm-hmm. all his own wrong everyone's gonna see how racist how i am God. <laughs> uh-huh. exactly I these, Nina, these ninevonians or i don't know what you call them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and so you know that's where the bible it's actually a really cool book yeah 
It really is. Yeah. When you and it's just it's life changing. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I love I love those things in the word of God that just make you like like wonder, that just make you, you know, like think mm -hmm. about things and yeah, it's definitely not the story of God's people and the story, you know, all of it points to Jesus. So mm -hmm. the story of Jesus, um, you know, like I guess God at work in his people and the, the forming of, of the nation of God's people and, and then ultimately pointing toward Jesus coming to redeem mankind. Like it's a, there's a lot of messed up stuff a lot of nasty mm -hmm. you know stuff a lot of bloodshed there's a lot of stuff in it like even when we look at that like uh he was evil so god killed him like we can't really reconcile that in terms of grace today like <laughs> in terms of in terms of the new covenant but yeah. the but again like it, so if we were trying to invent something we would try to make sure that none of those things that seem like contradictions i, I don't believe that scripture contradicts itself at all but there are a lot of things that yeah. when you look at them and you don't understand the context and the cultural significance yeah. and all these different things, then, you know, and and I think the most important, you know, distinction is like the two covenants, the old the Old Testament paradigm versus the New Testament paradigm and how mm -hmm. that makes things so drastically different. But, you know, when we don't understand those things, we can look at so many aspects of the history of, of God's people and be like, yeah, that doesn't, uh, that's a contradiction. That doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, just but... like um, Hosea, God having him marry a prostitute. Like, right? I mean, just, you know, because he's he's showing us as an example. And so mm -hmm. the same thing. They're actually making a movie about that coming out in January. Um, they're basing it off of the book of Redeeming Love from Francine Rivers. Wonderful book. And it's the whole story of Hosea, like in a, a oh, modern awesome. day setting. So they're actually making a movie about it that comes out next month about the story of Hosea. So it's actually really That's cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. so, some of these, let me just say, like these, uh, this sort of new wave of Christian movies and content and things that are being produced are just awesome. They like, are. Like, um, I'm sure you, you've seen the, the Chosen series. Oh, yeah. On, the on, Chosen on YouTube. It's like, phenomenal. it's so, it's so well done. It's, it's amazing. It's a class it is just yeah <clears throat> chosen fantastic and and i love it's kind of like what we're talking about it, it allows you that open window into the lives of people yeah like, we think about peter for example and we're like oh yeah peter's this guy we know about peter like he you know he was kind of a loud mouth and this and that but like you don't really if you you know again you can get so familiar with a story that you don't mm -hmm. actually think about it in terms of he was a real human and he yeah. had friends and he had family and he had problems and issues and you know what I mean? And so we can disconnect yeah. ourselves from that. And so I love I love the storytelling aspect and the creativity where you get to see that you get to see the world and, and you can relate to these people, you know? Yeah, they, they did a great job with like really bringing out the characters of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. Um, are you done with the Mythbusters or do you have more of those coming out? Uh, I think I'm done. Yeah, I think I'm done right now. Unless people send me ideas. I have had someone reach out. He would like me, not related to Mythbusters, but something else that he wants me to touch on uh, that the Bible talks about. They said, okay, I'll do so. But um, cool. I don't at the moment, yeah, have any more Mythbusters. I think I had six. Yeah, I think I did six of them. What was, uh, what was one of the myths that you busted in the Mythbusters series? <laughs> oh geez there's a couple that people like um definitely let's see jesus hanging jesus being crucified on a hill that was one mm. um mm. that really someone had messaged me she was like oh my gosh i never even and that's actually what i said how the chosen did it right because when in the series they show the crucifixion of other people it's along the road not on a hill. Oh, yeah. yeah Literally yeah. along the road. And so that's why it was like a sobering moment for Jesus to see that because that's what he knew he was going to have to do. So mm. that and then um, how we're all God's children. People always say that. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. We're not all oh, God's children. Come and on. You're, uh, you're hurting people's feelings. <laughs> come on. Totally, totally. But I'm like, we're not all God's children. I give 
scripture that's reference those, to show you this? That's a that's one of those cutesy ones, kind of. It's it's, cutesy it's ones. Not, to me it's not it's like one of those where you know you get you get wings after you die and you become an angel those are, those are kind of like... <laughs> yeah we're all, kind we're of, all god's yeah. children no yeah. no we're his creation come on i just we're want not to all his children come on it's that and then the other one was oh, <laughs> we're all sinners saved by grace so that's, that's why i wanted one. to do more teaching of like yeah no you were like you no longer mm-hmm. are that's why you've been yes. a new creation in Christ. So, and I still, you know, still hear lots of ministers, ministers that I know personally say that. And, and it's like, no. Oh, and yeah. it's one of those, like you said, it, it, just the Christianese. It's one of those more religious tradition versus actually what scripture's saying. Because I'm like, I'm not a sinner. No, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, my yeah. life is not. So it's like, no, don't, I'm not. So don't put that in. Because also when you, I feel like when you say things like that and people go, well, you know, we're all just sinners saved by grace. There's not really a, um, uh, how can I say it? it? I feel like it doesn't really put within people to step up spiritually. Like it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really make you take ownership of your actions to say like, yep. you know, I was wrong. I need to change. I need to grow, you know, instead of, I'm just, uh, I'm not a perfect man. Like, I was so mad. There was a minister years ago who was caught in infidelity and even with, like, young boys, okay? And he gets up and says, I'm not a perfect man. I'm like, what is (laughs) that? Like, what? The millennium. So I was like, you know what I mean? So when you keep putting things like that into people, oh, we're all just sinners saved by grace. No. No, you have become the righteousness of God. You are a new creation, so you need to act like it. And your actions, your life need to change. And it needs to match what you're saying that you really believe, if you believe this. And That's so right. there's no responsibility people having on themselves to do better and to be better when you constantly say stuff like that. So that was something that I really wanted to, because I'm like, I hear ministers all the time still say that. We're all sinners. No, I was, but I no longer am. Yeah. And that's why I'm not a in that verse. <laughs> No, that's someone who's practicing sin. Like if you lied, then you just lied, you know, and you, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I lied to you. But if it's something you kept doing, then I would call you a liar. But if it's not a way of life for you mm-hmm. any longer, then I, don't, I won't call you that any longer. So it's the same thing with us and in Christ. Like you were, that's what you used to do, but you no longer are. So don't keep saying that. So that was something that I really wanted to like yeah. kind of teach and break that verse down. Second Corinthians mm-hmm. 5. 17 and 21 i really wanted to that's you know the whole gospel summed up right there christ died you know he became sin for us who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of god and that's really the whole gospel it's right there became Mm -hmm. and become like that's the whole gospel summed up right there so that's i really wanted to to break that down to teach people like no stop acting like it because you're not any longer that was something that yeah that statement drives me crazy um just a sinner saved by grace. The other, the other yeah. one, I don't know why I always say it with a southern accent when I say it, but the other one is I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who loves everybody. I always, I always, you know that one? So, and, and that was that was not as bad because I get what they mean, but like, but this this notion that we're like, yeah, this this false humility thing that we use to make ourselves yes. feel better about our mistakes is not um it's not okay. It's really not. And, and, no, and I think it's, it's for two reasons. Like you said, it's, it's because it's belittling the completeness of what Christ has done for us. Mm-hmm. So because what he did was so good and so thorough and so complete, like I, I'm, I'm not like, I'm sorry, but I'm not a nobody. Like I'm just not, no. and I'm definitely not no. a sinner because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Like the father yeah. chose me. The father chose you. The father, he, he chose us to be one with him and to be with him for eternity. And he got us there by laying down, by sending his son to lay down his perfect life to bring us into this place of right standing and right, right relationship with God. That's not, it's not about my works and the things that I do. Um, it's, and again, of course, it doesn't give me a, a, an excuse or, or a right or a license to sin or anything like that. Of course not. That would, that's belittling the, the grace that he's given us. But you know, when we we belittle the work that God has done for us, when we just throw statements like that around, 
and yeah. uh, and and as you said, you, uh, you you laid it out really beautifully that uh, we get we tend to give ourselves excuses. And the really cool mm -hmm. thing, you know, we we love grace. Like when we're talking about grace, like mm -hmm. how good grace is. Like grace saved me. Grace did this. The other thing that grace did that we don't like so much is that it also took away our excuses. Because his grace is so good that it actually empowers us to walk in righteousness. And so when yeah. I sin, when I mess up, because I do, when I fall down, when I stumble, when I make bad decisions, you know, when I hurt the people in my life, when I hurt myself, when I do these things that are not good, I can't look at my life and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm an imperfect man. Oh, well, you know, yeah. which, which I am. But it's, you know what I mean? Like to, yeah. to sugarcoat it and to blame some entity called sin is uh trying to let myself off the hook when no i i actually came under the mindset of an inferior way of thinking and i made a wrong choice and i sinned and like it's on me <laughs> so mm -hmm. like i did yeah. like it was it was me i did it so stop i'm not sweeping it under the rug you know yeah because you know what grace really is grace like you said it's not a life sin <clears throat> what it is it's basically a license for you to produce the fruits of righteousness that's, That's what good. it is. It's an opportunity for you to see the fruit of the spirit operating in your life. That's what it is. That's good. And it's and that really is like it's such an honor to serve God. Like it really is. And I think we lose that a lot of time. Like this is not everybody will do this in life. Not everyone do you know what I mean? Like even though people have the opportunity to, they choose not to. And so mm. to live for him and to serve him and to do it well, that's an honor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we, we lose the awe of him and we lose the awe of the opportunity to live for him while we have this time on earth. And so he's amazing. And, you know, and, and it's, I appreciate when I'm in services and you hear pastors just really want to take a moment to worship God and just be in awe that the creator mm -hmm. The maker of the earth has chosen you to walk with you, to live inside of you, to work through you, to work for you. Like, it's just, you know, we are co-labors with him. You know what I mean? It's like, good. God has yeah. chosen us. We, we are partners with God in this life. And so it's like, it really is like, you know, us needing to stand in awe more of that, which mm. that is the humbling. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I'm so weak and lowly. No, it's just like, uh, hello, the God of the yeah. universe, the creator is in you and for you. Like, that's humbling. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah that's why it's yeah, like, yeah, it's when people say those things, I just, uh, chaps my head, yep. <laughs> as they say. <laughs> the other, yeah. But the, but the hill one, Jesus being crucified on the hill. That really, that's why I was like, don't throw stones, people. Let me that show you ruffle, in scripture. That, that ruffle some feathers, I'm sure. Oh, the other yes. one, the other one was the 39 lashes. You did that one, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so explain that real quick. Okay, so it has been said it's a myth that Jesus <laughs> was uh, whipped 39 times. He was not because Jesus was. Now, I've by always Romans. said that. I've preached it. Um, uh huh. I've I've never even again we get concepts in our head yeah. that we just keep there for years because somebody said it and we just accept it. Now of course that's not something that's going to mess up your salvation or send you to hell no. like believing no. that Jesus was whipped 39 times. Like oh I mean, no. Of course not. That's not it's a peripheral issue for sure, but it's uh but again when we get to the actual truth of something it's actually more powerful than you know yeah. something that was you know, and I don't even want to say made up. I want to say probably just a misunderstanding. Whoever it was that initially yeah. started that probably said, you know, probably thought, oh, well, it was the Jewish custom to do mm -hmm. it this way. Not recognizing, mm -hmm. you know, again, as you point out that it like it wasn't a, he wasn't under a Jewish custom at the time. So mm -mm. anyway, I keep going. I interrupted you. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it's not because I think that's the heart of it. And people are like, well, why is that a big deal? Well, it's, it's just the sense of <clears throat> understanding really the depth of what Jesus went through. And that's mm -hmm. why, because yeah. I mean, I looked and I studied about like Roman scourgings and floggings, and it was horrific. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you yeah. would probably want to bomb it if you sat there and watched one because they whipped from the back of the neck to the buttocks. And the whole point was just to make the flesh like ribbons. 
like that was and it, floggings weren't supposed to kill you but most of the time they did they, because they your did, body yeah. your yeah. body either has just lost so much blood or you're just your body's in shock that in it mm. it just the, your nervous system just shuts down and so that's why i really wanted to point out that the depth of what jesus went through because it wasn't just 39 times that they they could whip you as many times as they wanted to. And so that's why so many people were killed during the flogging. So they said 39 wouldn't have killed you, but it was way more than that. And they hate, you have to remember the Jews or the, the Romans hated the Jews. They hated the Jews. So it was wow. with pleasure that they whipped Jesus. It was with pleasure that they did this. And so that's why it's like, no. And I, I really do think that people get it because of the verse, how Paul talks about how he was, whipped you know 40 times minus one you know what i mean five times he was whipped so i think that's kind of where people think but he was whipped by jews though not romans and so that was the difference and that's why you know you know when the bible could say how you can't even recognize jesus because his visage his person was so marred by it you know it wasn't 39 times mm. like and that's why yeah. you know when you go back to isaiah and isaiah talks about that and so you know it, it just you know even just that's why they they talk about how you see organs and they're exposed and all the muscles are exposed because the yeah. flesh is just ripped off. Yeah. So it's like just seeing the depth of what our Savior did. That's why I really wanted to point that out because I I had just actually heard that at a church that I was going to. The pastor said the same thing. Even a friend of mine, I went to listen to her preach, and she said Jesus was with. She was praying for healing thirty nine times, and I was like, Do I tell her now or later? <laughs> you know what i mean i was like no no again it doesn't it doesn't hurt you know it doesn't hurt anybody it doesn't you know yeah it's it's not a but but yeah yeah, getting to the depth of the actual like the truth of what happens again it's always it's always so much more powerful yeah Um, so that's that's why even these little that and then i just did the first one i started off with was the whole spare the rod spoil the child because um that's not what the bible says where the rod hate the child so uh-huh. people think people think that's bible but i'm like that's not scripture so then i went into the depth about discipline and the importance of discipline for your children so yeah yeah that's a good one too for real um you know you know what else people think is in the bible <laughs> is uh don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good yes um, people, people, think- yeah. people people think that <laughs> People and and I'm just I was just like, you know what? I need to be way more heavenly minded. Than yes. I like if anything, me being earthly minded is what's causing all of the problems in my life. I don't have a single problem in my life <laughs> that exists because I was heavenly minded. Um, yes. You know I, mean? like I should do was, one on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please do. I think I wrote about that in. Um, in my in my in one of my books one of one uh but anyway i'm pretty sure i wrote about that because that's one of those that kind of like yes i i i heard a minister say and i thought it was so well ever since she said it i've always said it so because she you know she said you know how people say don't be so heavenly minded you know earthly good she said you know you have to be heavenly minded in order to be any earthly that's right that's right because how else are you going to be any earthly good if you're not heavenly minded? And so, yeah. And I was like, that is so right. You know? So mm-hmm. yeah. When I hear that phrase too, I'm like, no, I need to be more heavenly minded. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. I, I, you know, and I, to be fair, I get what people mean. Probably yes! when they, say that. they mean, don't be like but out of touch. Pseudo, don't be, don't be so super spiritual. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But super spiritual or hyper spiritual, you know, whatever weird term we put on it, that is that's not heavenly mindedness. It's it's not. It's not. That's um, not so either. Yeah. You don't need that. Like you need heavenly mindedness. Like we're supposed to. We have the mind of Christ. You know. Yeah. Um, we're transformed yeah. by the renewing of our mind. Like that's what heavenly mindedness is. It's thinking more like God thinks, and that's what this world yeah. needs. You know, it doesn't need earthly yeah. minded solutions. It needs heavenly solutions. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. That is a good um, one. <laughs> well, fine. One more thing that I just thought of, um, because I always bring this up during Christmas time because it's my favorite thing to do because it makes people mad. Um, 
my one of my favorite Christmas myth is uh, the three wise men. That's my favorite. Ah, yes. <laughs> Christmas Mythbusters. I think I was going to do one either today or tomorrow, Christmas Mythbusters. Oh, were you really? So we can go through, uh, yes, go through that. Yeah, I would, love to hear, I would love to hear that. I'd love to hear it. But yeah, I, li I like that one because it's lighthearted. And, uh, you know, there were three gifts, but the Bible never says anything about there being three. Like, we've named them. I don't know where those names came from. It's like <laughs> Melchior, uh, Balthazar. <laughs> Like we've, <laughs> we've named them i don't know who named them i don't know where that started but like uh, uh the bible never says that there were only three wise men and uh maybe there were but there were i would imagine that the way that people like that traveled back in the day especially traveling for such long distances with like gifts and you know it was an extravagant yeah. thing like it was probably a whole entourage of people, yeah, they you know, they say about twenty to thirty. That yeah. uh, typically that's how they traveled was in large groups, and that is where. Cool. Oh yeah, because even like I remember one of the pastors at my church one time, he was like, "What did the innkeeper say to Mary and Joseph when they arrived?" And then people were like yelling out stuff. He's like, "There was no innkeeper. The Bible doesn't say <laughs> anything about an innkeeper. It just says there was no room at the inn. There was no innkeeper. There, there was no." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and how you know he's like whether they found out there was no room on their own whether they did ask somebody however but there was no innkeeper but we always talk about the innkeeper said there's no room he's like That's there so was funny. no innkeeper <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh -huh. oh that was the other mythbuster so when you talk about the wise men jesus was poor that's why i did a two oh yeah part on that one. Oh yeah oh yeah yeah, that's. Uh... I had to. I had to tackle that because I did a two part series on that one. Jesus you know, before. I think I actually said this to you, um, and we and then we didn't talk about it. I think I actually said like last time you should come back and we should do a conversation about that, like specifically about Jesus, um, about that myth about Jesus being poor. Um, so we're out of time, so we can't really do it now. But, <laughs> but yeah, but that's a that's a that's a good one. And yeah, you broke it into two parts, right? Because it was yeah, uh, it needed it needed some extra needed some extra attention. I, had, uh, I mean, yeah, I had extra time to cover that because I think they're both ten minutes long. So yeah, yeah. but for the yeah, wise men me. come in. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do a Christmas Mythbusters, and I think I'll release it tomorrow, Christmas Eve. I'll I'll go through some typical, like you said, it's fun, it's lighthearted, things people don't think about, and I think that's that's just what it is. Like you're saying, it's just you know we hear something and we take it as Bible when it's actually not there, or you know, um, mm -hmm. so it's like, well, actually, this is what it actually says. So yeah, that's kind of what I, I like doing yeah. and. Just helping people get, you know, giving people different perspective or causing you to think differently, challenging that even, you know, because I know that was a real challenge for a lot of people to hear Jesus was not crucified on a hill. After all of our worship songs, our be our beloved worship songs that we've sung, hung him high, on a hill, wide, on a hill, <laughs> you know, and, and so it's like all these worship songs we've written, sung about him being on a hill. He wasn't. He wasn't. And have so that's you been where there, Monique? Like, yeah. Yes. You and have, so, right? Yes. So when I was there, because um, we took communion in the garden tomb, and before we took communion, our tour guide, he, I love this man. This man has been doing that for like 30 years, so he just knows everything and has studied and studied everything about the culture and the time period. And, mm. and that's when I asked him my question about if Jesus was crucified on a hill, how could anybody have read the sign that was above his head because it's written in three different languages? If he's like 20 feet in the air, as we were made to believe, he's really high. And I always wondered. And so he's the one that I asked. And he's like, no, because he wasn't on a hill. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's at the base of Golgotha. This is the road where they would crucify people. And this was, mm. and so he was the one that I asked, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And so, yeah, that was really eye-opening for me, and and it made it just that much more so of the humiliation that Jesus endured because he's naked, completely naked, bleeding all over the place. People are mocking him, 
Right. It's literally right there, just on your street pole, like your light pole on your street. Yeah. That's how mm-hmm. close. And so it just yeah. made it that much more of like, wow, what our savior did and the shame. And that's what the Bible talks about, you know, despising the shame, Romans chapter 12. And he talks about that. That's the shame mm. it's referring to, you know, is, is that embarrassment. Like he hated that he had to do that. And he, hated of being exposed like that but he did it for us yeah. he loved us anyway yeah and so that's the shame that it's talking about and so it just made it that much more but i was asking him all kinds of questions uh, when i was there and so definitely want to go back because it's 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 really awesome it's, it's yeah. pretty uh, amazing yeah yeah that's awesome i haven't um i have not been and it's something that i really want to do i can just imagine you know being able to walk just in those streets and to walk, you know, and see the sights and different things that mm-hmm. you know about from reading about it in the Bible. And then, yeah, being able to talk to people that like, like that man who's like dedicated his, his life, you know, his, that's, that's his yeah. thing. He does that. And, and, uh, you know, yeah. all the knowledge and information that you can learn from people and, um, yeah, super cool. It was. Uh, it well, Monique, I appreciate you again. Thank you so much for for coming Thanks back for on. Uh, me. Now, now I've got to have you back. I've got to have you back for. And next time we need to talk about why Jesus wasn't poor. <laughs> okay, we, we'll do that. Um, we can go in depth. And uh, but in the meantime, um, I would just encourage everyone to check out uh, Monique's podcast, Bite Size Insight with Monique. Again, it's available on the Anchor app, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google. The Google one, uh, but where else can people go to connect with um, with you or uh, your content, Monique? So if you go to the website, MoniqueDeLeon.com, um, you can click through to my social media link, and then you can click through because I've created um, a bunch of online courses to help people grow in certain areas, and that's kind of attached to the book. So when you purchase a course, you get a book for free as well, and awesome. just to help people grow in different areas so you can find that content there and then i'll be having more stuff coming out at the beginning of the year just different uh little stuff video mini courses just some ebooks things like that i'll be having uh coming out at the beginning of the year so but yeah so just go to moniquedeleon.com and you can click through to all my links uh from there that's awesome and if you do that Christmas Mythbusters and you post it, tag me in it so that I can uh, share it with some people as well. Oh, okay. Um, I will. So, yeah, I think that. I'm going to do it today or tomorrow. Yeah, so I'll, re- I'll release it probably tomorrow. Awesome. Yes, but I will. Awesome. Well, um, thank you, everybody, so much for checking out this episode. Really appreciate you guys. If it blessed you or challenged you or made you mad or whatever, if you consider subscribing, <laughs> sharing, or leaving a review, <laughs> I'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And uh, yeah, Monique, Merry Christmas. Bye. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.